everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Bavada at Odds podcast. I'm your host, Seth Everett. I'm the guy on the right on your virtual roundtable because you can't see us. Patrick Morrow is the head odds maker at BavadaSportsBook.com. He's gallivanting again. As soon as he's done recording this, he's off to Las Vegas. He's going to do this. And he's going to be partying like it's 1999. And then the next thing you know, he's going to be back here. And he's going to regale us with stories of uh, the nightlife on the Strip in Las Vegas. By the way, he's going to Las Vegas in August when it's 3,000 degrees Fahrenheit. All I'm saying is, if global warming is going to hit anywhere, it's going to hit Las Vegas first. You are going to be three inches shorter by the time you get back. I, I don't have a lot of inches to work with, Seth. That's you already. That's that sounds tough. Um, yeah, party like it's 1999. I was 13 then, so in the spirit of folks, yes, there will be pizza, there will be pop, uh, and we will be in bed by 10 each night. I promise you that. So don't worry. This is this is a business trip. This is very serious work being done in the city of Sin, and. I haven't been there in eight, nine years. So I'm curious to see uh, what's still left over there from my, my last trip. What's still standing from the last time Pat Morrow was in town there? What did they have to knock down after I left last time? So it's it's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Uh, probably place a few off-season football bets as we're getting closer and closer to kickoff. And uh, yeah, uh, try and keep that SBF 50 or 75 or whatever I need just to uh, keep myself. Because I burn, Seth. I burn. This, this kid doesn't tan. You're not so going to be I'm outside. Gonna be in top down you're going to be inside. You're going to be you're, there's tunnels from hotel to hotel. That's all you're going to be doing is going from hotel to hotel. You never go outside. You'll. You, I, I I might check out that pool though. I might check out the pool at least once. I gotta. Right. I gotta. This the Circa Hotel down there has got this massive stadium swim, and you know marketing probably doesn't even like that I mentioned uh, a competitor in the sports betting sphere. But I mean, damn it, Bavada on the Strip doesn't have a pool that nice just yet. So I got to give credit where credit's due. <laughs> The um the irony of uh, what you just said and everything so far on this podcast is uh, December 31st, 1998 into January 1, 1999. I saw at the time the artist formerly known as Prince at Studio 54 in Las Vegas that night, New Year's Eve. Where was uh, the Studio 54 on the strip the last time I was there? I, I think I was there with the missus and um, I think she saw Britney Spears when she was there. And that was like a big to do. That was before, uh, I guess, no, not before. Um, that was, she was probably under conservatorship then. I don't know. It's my celebrity back, background knowledge is very bad and I'm proud of that. But I did know it my closed, wife did see Britney Spears. It closed in February, 2012. I saw it in December, 1998 into 1999. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a city that just uh, keeps on evolving. Uh, You know, buildings go down, buildings go up. Uh, It's a little bit more family friendly from what I'm told now, which is, I don't know, I guess that's kind of a bummer, but uh, I suppose I'll make two. Yeah. Because you're the big party animal. Uh, Meanwhile, in the time since we last met, and by the way, thanks so much to Shannon Briggs for coming on the show. He was a lot of fun. Um, Did you watch the fight? Did you watch it? I know you saw the numbers. Did you watch it? I didn't watch the fight. <laughs> I didn't either. Uh, and I don't tell Shannon Briggs that, but not not for a second. So I actually had a pretty good reason. Um, we had to go and grab some dinner and then hit the town a little bit after that. So that, that's nice. I have a good reason why I didn't, but okay, yeah, or at least well, I'm telling myself I had a good reason why I didn't. Who cares? Me. I don't answer to anybody on this show. 
to me, the earth-shattering sports news, and you'll tell me how it affects uh, the gambling, because I know there are already odds uh, on the pack four, <laughs> but the, the earth-shattering uh, news involving college football, and this happens around this time every year, there's these the, the, this formation of super conferences, and the, the announcement, first it started in dribs and drabs, but you know, we had heard the news that USC and UCLA were going to the Big Ten. And then the earth shattering news was that Washington and Oregon were also going to the Big Ten. So voila. And then the news earlier in the week, it hit, I think we had maybe mentioned it before Shannon Briggs came on or we we were going to mention it. But the Shannon Briggs came on. Colorado had announced they were going to the Big 12. And then Arizona announced that they were going to the Big 12 followed by Friday's announcement that Utah and Arizona State were also going to the Big 12. So now the Big 12. Now the Pac-12 was in this very big, very tense media negotiating rights deal. And you and I had not talked about it because it really had no impact on gambling or Bavada or anything like that. But in sports business, it was a massive, massive story because why was ESPN not bidding for them? Why was Fox not bidding for them? Why were the only people bidding for the Pac-12? Why were the only people Amazon and Apple? That's where all the rumors were. And mm -hmm. why would Apple sign? You know, Apple has the MLS and Major League Baseball, and Amazon has the Thursday night football. Why would why would the Pac-12 go to a streaming service and not take a financial hit to just make sure they got on the broadband reach of a Fox or an ESPN. Well, now you know the answer mm -hmm. because they weren't planning on having a conference. So again, the ramification is the big 10 and the sec are the two, a team mega conferences. And frankly, the ACC, the big 12 are part of this B level second tier conference level whatever that turns out to be. And the money is going to reflect that. What does that leave for the four remaining Pac-12 teams? And some of them, we're talking Stanford with a massive tradition. Washington State, athletics is like 60% of their revenue. Mm -hmm. What does that school do? If you take athletics out of that program, even if they were to go to the Mountain West, which has been rumored, they will not be able to form a team, let alone maybe have a college. They'll be able to form a team. I mean, it's, it's football. Uh, there's a reason why, you know, like you just said, football drives uh, the bus for most of these schools. Uh, basketball does for some schools, but it's not as uh, massive and broadly as a contributor as football is. So Washington State will find a way, but will they be able to compete for the big national coaching name? Mm, probably not. And do you have that extra money for facilities where – Oregon has Nike throwing money in there. LSU has uh, a nicer training facility than most NFL teams. Um, yeah, so from that point of view, um, they'll be able to field a team, but there's going to be continued diminishing returns for these remaining Pac-12 teams. So uh, whether they absorb more teams, whether the Pac-12 folds and these teams go elsewhere, yeah, it's it's going to be lean times uh, for those that were left behind. And uh, as this stuff developed all of last week, uh, it couldn't help but... Uh, dive into the Wayback Machine and see some, you know, choice comments from the former Pac-12 commissioner when 
They talked about Larry turning Scott. down Larry, Texas. You're talking about yeah. Larry Scott. I'm talking about Larry Scott, and I'm talking about saying, oh, you know what? We don't think we want Texas. We don't think we want Oklahoma. Well, it doesn't seem like you really want a conference anymore because, you know, they've shif- well, shuffled off to the it. SEC. Right. And uh, as a result, the Pac-12, uh, as we know it, no longer exists. We got this one last season, bit of a swan song, but yeah, the Big Ten's massive. Uh, there's going to be more meaningful Big Ten games nationally televised, which I think ESPN has a rights deal with the Big Ten. So you look at how but media they have a helps mega rights well. deal, like a mega rights yeah. deal. The SEC yeah. has a and, mega rights deal. So that's why I say yeah. the A tier and the A tier and the B tier, and what this means if you're Washington, like. First, let's just use Washington State. You, you, everything I'm about to say about Washington, you can apply to Oregon. Okay, it's the same thing. If you're an Oregon fan, you're thrilled. Yeah, you're sad about the the end of the Pac-12. I mean that that that's sad. If you're a traditionalist, and I understand that, I was sad about the end of the Big East. But the reality of it is, is that if you make the conference that you're in smaller, you will get less television money. You will get lesser players you will get lesser coaches you will just be lesser that's it that's that's what it is and uh, you know there's a very weird conference right situation in the acc but i'm telling you right now florida state and clemson they're gone from the acc they're going to the sec mm-hmm. they're going that, that's it that, 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 they're going yeah, and then what's and real- then what's the ACC? What's the difference between the ACC and the Big Twelve? Nothing. They're B level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thing, it's it's tough. Uh, it's just and if you just happen to be a fan of a program, okay, let's 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 apply it to Washington or Oregon. If you are a fan of Washington State or Oregon State, you are screwed. Yeah. I just uh, made myself laugh thinking about uh, the evolution of the college football playoff. And eventually we're just, you know, we'll, we'll send four teams from the big 10 and four teams from the SEC. And just, you know, we'll still find a way not to include uh, any of these other conferences. Cause yeah, they're on such a lower no, tier. You now. know what There's they're going to do this argument that no, they're going to do three from those two. And you're going to do a champion from the big 12 and a champion from the ACC. Who am I forgetting? Yeah. I don't know. It's uh and, it, see uh, how the and, and you want to go to out. the smaller conferences, the Mountain West and the, the AAC, like there's there's going to be tears and the, the chance I of mean, a Cinderella in, in college football is nothing. Yeah, no, the, the system's not built that way. There's too much money involved so that stakeholders are always going to ensure that. It, is it going to be an undefeated UCF or a one-loss SEC team? No, it's always going to be that one-loss SEC team every single year if you're looking about who's going to get that last playoff spot because you know their fans are going to drive tickets. You know those fans are going to uh, drive ratings. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters with any of this. So um, I, it's actually a curious thing from an odds-making point of view is knowing that there are financial incentives for various conferences and college football playoff committee voters to elevate the right teams, you have to kind of take that into account when you're managing the futures board all season. Like, oh, yeah, you have to worry a little bit about maybe this upstart team from the Mountain West or elsewhere. Maybe they run the table, but even still, they need so many other things to break poorly multiple times for these big name teams if they even want to sniff the playoffs. So uh, I, I think that's another thing that's really tough is that, yeah, if you're the Big Ten or the SEC, like, you know, you're probably now multiple entrants into the college football playoff each year 
especially uh, as that continues to expand and looking ahead to the future. So it's a weird one for college football. Yeah, I, I miss like the rivalries, like, you know, but we're already kind of far away from what the Rose Bowl used to be, which was Big Ten versus Pac-12 champion. Now it's uh, one of the semifinal games, I believe, or the championship game, depending on the rotation of the year. So we're already kind of getting primed to not embrace these traditions. But it's it's a shame, though, because there's college football does tradition in a way that you don't see in pro sports uh, nearly as much. And, um, yeah, it's, it's kind of a shame that uh, we're going to have a lot less of those, especially like that Black Friday every year when you have like the Apple Cup. Or you did have the Apple Cup. You won't have that in another couple of years. Well, you don't know. Um, but they, they haven't said that. You don't know. Because, you know, other schools don't have... You don't have to have a conference game your final week. You can still have the Apple no. Cup. You, you don't have to. There's but, no law. But you've seen, like, uh, like Oklahoma State's head coach, uh, Gundy. He's, like, he's pissed off at Oklahoma and says, well, they're the ones who left, so screw them. Like, we're not going to bend over backwards to try and find that game. Now, for the right price, they might try and find that game. But we're a few years removed now from... Uh, you know, Texas uh, not playing, you know, A&M and uh, Oklahoma, maybe not playing Oklahoma State, Washington not playing Washington State. Uh, you know, those are the games that I love college football all year, week one, right till the championship. But as you get towards the end of the year and you get those rivalry games, uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech, I mean, they're going to still play each other because there's no drama around conference realignment for those two teams. They're both staying put. But I think for a lot of other schools, it's it's a shame that you're just not locked into those games occurring anymore. The whole thing, look, it's the evolution. You know, last year we had this conversation when USC and UCLA uh, went or announced that they were leaving. And all we said was make it the Premier League. Make it the Premier League and have it where if you win the Big 12, you get to go into the Big 10. (laughs) If you're in last place in the Big 10, you have to go to the Big 12. That's what I would love. Do that. (laughs) Awesome. That's that's filthy sports socialism that we're dealing with right now, sadly, where we uh, we can't uh, relegate any of the underperforming teams. Um, I mean, at least in college football, there's good financial incentives to be good every single year. Uh, You could be a team that's not considered for realignment going forward, or you could be a team that's not getting, um, you know, the the ratings and the the primetime viewings, which is good for the marketing of the university. So at least there is a little bit of that in college football where you can suffer if you are uh, a team that either doesn't uh, perform on the field or at least perform from a marketing point of view. But yeah, I I, I think that'd be really fun too, just uh, elevating in and out of the conferences. All right, that's it. You're banished to the Ivy. You're banished to the Ivy. Sorry, Indiana. You just, you couldn't pull it together this year. So you're stuck playing Yale and Princeton uh, back and forth. But yeah, I I mean, I'm still going to watch it. The games are great. Uh, College football Saturday is uh, still one of the best promoted pregame shows. One of the few pregame shows, I think, for a lot of sports that I watch. Uh, NBA TNT is a really good one, too. But yeah, it's weird. It's going to be weird. Obviously, a lot of this will be taking place next season, not in the next month. But it's still weird to know that for a lot of these games we're going to see, it might be the last time for the better part of a decade or longer that we see them happen again. Well, I I think there's going to be just more details. I, I, I've heard you say that twice now. Um, you're not wrong. I just think there's going to be more stuff coming. Is that mm-hmm. fair? Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. I mean, at the end of the day, money will help uh, realign all these uh, coaches that are saying, well, screw them. We're not going to play them. They're the ones who left. Uh, money solves a lot of problems. Uh, if anything, <laughs> Live Golf has certainly taught us that. Yeah, that's right. That's that's a good yeah. example. That, that, that's, Thank that's you. That's a fair uh, example. All right, so that, I guess, is to be continued. Um, you wanted to talk soccer. 
I'm presuming you did not want to talk about Arsenal's come from behind victory in the community shield over Manchester city. That's not what you wanted to talk about. That was, you know, I'm okay. I'm okay with that. I'm, I, (laughs) I, I was happy at Arsenal's run last year, especially because Liverpool was just not touching the top of the table, let alone the top four of the table. Um, so no, that's great. You know, screw Man City. Um, you know, we we took them in the Community Shield last year and then did nothing for the rest of the season. So I hope you guys have a much better faith this yeah, year. So but do I. so do I. But aside no, from two, the Community two Shield, massive soccer though, stories uh, in the United yeah. States, at least the the U.S. women's team losing for the early, in the earliest defeat. The two time uh, defending champs uh, lose in the round of sixteen on penalties. That was a massive, massive story. What about that impact on the sports book? Let's start there. Yeah, it's it's always kind of bittersweet with the American women's team because the further they go in the tournament, uh, the more and more money we're able to book because uh, with us on the futures uh, on the women's side, uh, something like 85% of all bets were on U.S. women. So when they finally do, we don't want them to go far, but we don't want them to win at all. And when they get to the knockout stage, uh, we prefer that they win in penalties. Unfortunately, they lost in penalties because it's all about getting like those boring regulation draws where the house can really clean up. So uh, it'll be tough for betting on the tournament going forward just because they're not around. They drive so much uh, of the interest from our players in the States. But uh, yeah, it's uh, that that's their worst World Cup uh, performance ever. or I guess result, I should say. I, I don't like these performance because you can play well and lose, but you get what yeah, I mean. Uh, Results-wise, that's that's one of their worst one ages. I did see, I don't know if it's Gab or Truth Social or whatever it was, that of course Donald Trump had to make the loss uh, about him and how this is indicative of America oh, under Joe gross. Biden. <laughs> I oh, mean, so geez, gross. just couldn't help himself. But uh, yeah, so, the, you know, there's women's soccer. That that you know, The amount of betting always surprises people uh, for an event like that, how much we actually take. So some of those U.S. soccer games, more than most Major League Baseball games, uh, we've been posting odds on. More uh, money on that game against Sweden than we had on the NFL Hall of Fame game last week. So some additional good context there. But how about Leo Messi and this Inter-Miami team? And all of a sudden, what has become appointment viewing MLS soccer. And the story just gets better and better with each passing game. Um, not well, for the, the irony book. is he uh, came right in the middle of the League's Cup, which is a separate tournament than the regular season. So there's that addition too, right? Yeah. So uh, as of now, um, Inter-Miami is now the favorite at Pavada to win the League's Cup. And we have more than a, a million dollar liability on that because we have just been printing money nonstop on inner Miami, uh, not immediately after uh, Messi uh, signed, but right after his first game, right after his first game, people just bought in and it, it's been, it's been stupid ever since, Um, you know, the, the most recent comeback win against uh, Dallas over the weekend was just absolutely bonkers wild. And it's just, it's fun because he's out there and he's playing, he's competing and it's different than when Beckham came, Beckham came and he started all this, for MLS, uh, a lot of people coming over, big money. But Beckham was coming at the end of his career. Messi has just won a World Cup. He is still, if not the best player in the world, like he's a 1 or 1A. And he's still performing at that level. And you can see he cares when he's out there and the fans care. And, you know, I read the average uh, ticket price for a Dallas game um, prior to last night against Miami. It was like 40, 45 bucks. And I think get in for that game was about $850 on Sunday night. So that goes to show the power of Messi. 
Uh, it's been a fantastic run, a, a great uh, promotion for Major League Soccer. I, I know we're taking it on the chin right now, Bavada, with uh, how they're doing with each game he's played and what their League Cup futures look like now. But uh, it's good for the sport. It's you know eventually they're going to lose a game. We're going to have a massive windfall, and but the fact that he's made MLS uh, so prominent, so much more prominent because it has been a growing sport for us. It has been wild, and it, it's just been fun to watch. It's fun to watch. Messi still doing what he's doing, the fans reacting the way they are, and these games be just so absolutely bonkers so far. You couldn't have had a better script for Inter-Miami and the MLS uh, after they signed him. The impact has been felt. Now, from a from a viewership standpoint, now you're a, a good gauge because you're watching the amount of action that's on it from one sportsbook. But one little nugget, Apple's not telling you how many subscribers they have. And they're not telling you because some of their subscribers are through new iPhones and some of their subscribers are through new service at T-Mobile. And, you know, there's all different ways you can get access to these games. And so no one knows how many people are watching this. And my instinct, and this is because I follow this, you know, passionately, is if the numbers were good, Apple would be bragging about it. Yeah, I just, I just feel, it just feels that way. I, but I don't want to, pers- I don't want to assume because we could be wrong, you know, but mm-hmm. you can't, uh, you know, look, I don't obsess about numbers, about anything. You know, when I watch a show, if I like the show, I don't say, boy, how many people are watching the show? You and I talk offline all the time. Do you, do we obsess about how many people listen to this podcast? We thank, we're thankful for everybody who listens to the podcast. No. I don't even like the people that listen to this podcast. That's how little I'm concerned. I'm I'm constantly trying to alienate our listeners every single week so that I can find something else to do with my time. But I, uh, y'all are a stubborn bunch. What can I say? Uh, I suppose I should be grateful and thankful. No, but I, I and I am. I suppose. But uh, yeah. No, <laughs> On we're, that we're note, let that up. be let that be the final words. Don't come back next week, guys. Come on, give come me a on. break. We want to hear all about Vegas. We want to hear all. All right. About okay. Vegas. I promise at least one salacious Vegas story for next week. So if there's no other reason to come back and listen, that's one. <laughs> <laughs>